Avast ye mateys, what's that across the starboard Daniel Stern? That is a sponsor offer, firing on our bow. Today's podcast, it is brought to you by audible.com, R. To get a free audiobook download for nary a piece of eight, go to audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 leagues and titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, Wands, Scepters, Chess, Mass, Mermaids, Sales, Jibs, or MP3 players. Ahoy! My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a very special Watch Out for Fireballs Extrasode episode where we have with us uh, Mr. Ron Gilbert. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Ron. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you are I welcome. Usually, I usually don't get asked back to things. So it's <laughs> <quite> <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome anytime. I mean, even, even if we're talking about like Bioshock or something and you just want to hang out and just... Uh, <laughs> Well, you yeah. should have me back when you're talking about a game that I have never, ever played before. Ooh. Yeah. Because, because then I can, you know, just make up stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Or just ask questions that, you know, we hear. Like, oh, <laughs> what happens then? <laughs> why, why is that man doing that? I, like, would you bring, you bring your parents to the movie theater? I just, <laughs> I just had an idea for the best game jam ever, which is somebody makes a game based off of somebody's vague description of another game. Like, like, oh, you know what? You know, I actually that I I get a lot of weird inspiration for games that way, because it's like I'll read about a game and I'll think it's something completely different, and then I'll <laughs> and then I'll go play the game, and then I'll go, oh, that's not at all what I thought. I should go make what I thought. That game. <laughs> <laughs> is is there a like is there a game that you can point to that that kind of came from that? I mean, well, it's, you know, it's a lot of, you know, the prototyping that I'm doing mm-hmm. right now. So I'm doing these, you know, rapid prototypes where, I, you know, I, I make a game just in a couple, three days, you know, and just kind of, you know, see whether the, you know, the gameplay, you know, mechanic or, you know, some weird thing with the game is interesting. And, and, and I do find that a lot of those prototypes start that way is I'll read about something and I'll go, wow, that's an awesome idea. I wish I'd thought of that. And then I go <laughs> download the game and I play it and I go, whoa, this, this is really horrible. But what I thought it was, I, I should actually go make that. So I, I, I kind of do that a lot with the prototyping. Hmm. In a roundabout way, you did think of that game. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I did. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I should remember that. <laughs> oh, your lawyer should remember that. Yeah. If it ever, if it ever comes to that. <laughs> that. That is not legal advice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna edit that out. I'll put a marker. Right. Okay. No. So, so yeah, um, we're here to uh, to talk to Ron Gilbert uh, nominally about Monkey Island too, but I think we just stumbled upon something far more interesting than that. But uh, yeah, so um, we've got I mean we've got some questions that we kind of have um, between us. Uh, we you know we don't need to stick to entirely or anything, but these are just kind of things that occurred to us through just recently playing and talking about the game. Um, one of the one of the biggest ones uh, that I wanted to ask about and um, is so one of the things we noticed is that Monkey Island Two in the second chapter kind of becomes almost an open world adventure game with the way that the the puzzles kind of cross pollinate between the different respective islands um, and I remember uh, the commentary for the special edition and uh, seeing on on YouTube kind of a clip of that um, saying that it, you know it kind of made the game a little bit long and it was. Um, a decision that um, I know was a, maybe a little bit conflicted on that. Can you articulate a little bit about that decision to do that and or what the uh, the drive was to, 
to really expand that because I hadn't seen an adventure game that was quite that wide in scope and geography before this. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember, you know, the exact, you know, reasons, you know, why I did that, except I did, I did want things to be, uh, you know, a lot less, um, you know, a lot, a lot less linear, you know, and, and in Monkey Island, I mean, you do get to explore around Melee Island and stuff, but it still is kind of a much more, you know, much more linear game. So, you know, opening it up, you know, so you can go back and forth between all these islands, you know, just, it just kind of felt like a natural thing, you know, especially after the first game where you went, you know, from Melee and then you went to Monkey Island. But, you know, it just felt a little more nautical, I guess, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to sail around. But, yeah, I mean, it did, it did make the game longer and there's a lot more traversal, you know, as you're kind of having to go back and forth and back and forth, you know, between the islands and, you know, get all the things that, that you need. Yeah. I don't know that I regret it necessarily. Yeah, I didn't mean to use you know a word quite that strong in in that, but it just I know that um, you know I, th- I remember from the commentary just something that said that the you know the game was maybe longer than than uh, well, Monkey Island Two is definitely a much longer game you know than Monkey Island One. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know I don't know if it is for people who are you know speed running it or people who are you know really used to it but certainly when the game came out and you know nobody knew about the game it was it was considered a much much longer game than monkey island one was yeah since we're speaking about the two in comparison to each other you know what was your kind of goal or you know the the thing that you had at the front of your mind when you were you know starting to make a sequel to monkey island yeah that's a really good question the forefront i mean i don't know that there was yeah, with with Monkey Island, I definitely had a mission with that game because mm-hmm. that game was really came out of that article that I wrote called "Why Adventure Games Suck," yeah. and you know you can see that article on my website, and you know it was these I think it's fifteen rules of adventure game design, you know, yeah. which which really I mean those rules really came out of Maniac Mansion and you know what a screwed up game that was from a you know game design standpoint and you know and then when you know noah falstein and david fox and i started making the indiana jones and the last crusade adventure game i really started to kind of formulate these rules for adventure game design and so i wrote that article and then you know monkey island really came out of that i mean that was a game that i wanted to follow these 15 rules you know religiously when i made that game um, and so that is, so there was kind of a, a mission for that, but, but I think Monkey Island 2 is really just about, you know, we had so much fun making the first one and just wanted, you know, to make another one really. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there was any, you know, big philosophical mission for that game necessarily. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but Monkey Island 1 started out kind of as a more serious game than, um, it initially turned out to be no that's not true that, oh, really? I've, okay. I've heard that from several people and i don't know where people get that hmm. but yeah no it was it was always i mean i mean look at maniac mansion i mean yeah. it's a comedy i mean it's, it's it's basically all i can really do so yeah no it was it was always supposed to be a funny game yeah, yeah. i don't i don't know where hmm. i mean i think you're probably the third person that's brought that up and I, I don't know where people are getting that from yeah i don't know where i read that or found it either i think that it's just one of those things so that, yeah, that no, invalidates no, was, my next question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was always always supposed to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Just, in a lot of ways, adventure games have to be comedies because you're doing 
you're doing absolutely ridiculous things in an adventure game. And if if the game is a very serious game, there's a little bit of I guess there's a, there's some suspension of disbelief that you can have if the game's a comedy because you mm-hmm. can you can make fun of the ridiculous things that people are doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me adventure games just work better as comedies. The the word that kept coming up when we did the episode was uh, cartoon. You know, like the, there are, there is definitely some like cartoonish elements to it, and I, I think the maybe the first time we came up when we were talking about the um, <clears throat> the voodoo doll scene at the end, mm-hmm. you know, where it's straight up kind of Warner Brothers elasticity of body, but uh, you know, having that kind of you know a, a comedy kind of lighthearted approach gives you that elasticity to reality as well, so it kind of glosses over. Um, you know, some of those sticking points. Like, you can never say, like, oh, this wouldn't happen or that's not realistic. You know, like, yeah, there's an internal logic but not an external logic. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. Although I, th- I think, you know, specifically what you're talking about with the animations and stuff, uh, you know, some of that really came um, from the artists because we were kind of getting to the point where – we had we had better graphics, we had a little bit better horsepower, we had more memory, and they could be spending a lot more time and a lot more pixels on animations than we were doing. If you look at Maniac Mansion, I mean, those characters don't do anything but walk. Mm-hmm. There's no animation in that game except walk cycles. I think there's a reach animation. But, you know, when Monkey Island came about... Um, they were they were kind of allowed to do a lot more animations just because you know we had more resources and then when Monkey Island Two came about, you know we had two hundred fifty six color graphics, uh, and and I, some of that is is really just the artists you know kind of being freed up a little to do something more than characters that you know walk around like they have a, a board up their ass. Yeah, it matches the sensibility of the of the writing, though, to a certain extent. I don't know if I only say that just because I've not, I haven't experienced it any other way, but mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely lends to the feel. Sure, yeah, no. I won't argue that with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you. You mentioned the the essay that you know what's wrong with adventure games or why adventure games suck, uh-huh. um, and I, I reread that uh, earlier today, um, and kind of you know it was written in you know nineteen eighty nine and um, kind of republished in two thousand four. Um, as you're, uh, you know, so and you, you mentioned in the blog post that it's kind of in a reaction to what was going on. Has your opinion changed with that at all? Like, are there any adventure games that you feel like are doing things right or, um, you know, any kind of lessons that are learned from that? I don't know. I, I certainly, I certainly look at all of those cause I've, you know, I read it recently when I was, you know, putting together my, my pack speech, you know, I read through that thing again and, I don't disagree with anything I said. I think all of the I think all the points are still you know very very valid um, you know very valid points. You know whether whether other games are doing things that break those rules. I mean, in some ways, rules are meant to be broken, right? You know, you can't you can't just religiously you know follow rules you know forever. So you know there are there are times when you do need to break those rules or you want to break those rules or people break those rules because they just don't know any better and and it actually turns out, you know, being something that's actually good. So yeah, I mean I'm sure lots of really good games do break those rules. You know, it's not like you have to follow those rules, but I, but I do think those are still very solid rules and a lot of them apply to more than just adventure games. You know, they're just games in general. Um, or just uh, that, that I think those are good rules. But, 
you know, again, I wrote it, so I'm kind of biased. Yeah, I, I noticed that kind of um, <clears throat> when I was reading how it could uh, applies to games, and also, you know, a lot of it does have to do with that interactivity. And you you address the the games versus movie point, but a lot of it um, was about ta- I felt like was taking the good kind of conventional wisdom about storytelling um, in any medium and applying it to games as well. You mm-hmm. know, kind of like games don't get a pass. Um, so I, I definitely I agree with that. I thought that it was uh, applicable to to many many things, not just this uh, kind of genre. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope it is. You know, I think there are some things in there that are that you know do that go beyond adventure games in a lot of ways. So, what do you think of the of the special editions? Because that's how I played it this time. Yeah, just like, what are your thoughts on those? Oh yeah, the special editions. You know, I I, I like that they added voice. Yeah, we did not have the resources, you know, or the technology, honestly, you know, to have voice back then. So, you know, being able to do voice is nice. Um, I, I don't know that I'm thrilled with the art necessarily. I mean, I think the backgrounds are very nice and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if I was making that, I, I probably would have done, you know, a slightly different, you know, art style for them. I certainly don't like Guybrush's hair. That's like <laughs> one thing I do not like uh, about the special editions. Yeah. So. Uh, but, I, but, but I think taken as a whole, you know, I, I think they're, I think they're, they, you know, they were, they were good, good things to do. Specifically about the casting with the voice. I mean, do, do you think that they, I mean, this was made, you know, uh, pretty much everybody from Curse of Monkey Island came back for their roles, right? And that was after you had departed from LucasArts. It's like, right. what, do, what do you think of the casting that was done? Does Guybrush sound like Guybrush to you? Yeah, people ask me that. It's like, does Guybrush sound like Guybrush? And the fact is, I have no idea what Guybrush would sound <laughs> like. Because, you, you know, I was not thinking about voice for him at all back right. then. So I didn't really have an idea of, of what he sounded like in my head. Where now, when I'm writing characters that I know are going to be voiced, I am thinking about the voice a lot when I'm actually writing. But, but back then I just wasn't thinking about that stuff. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Guybrush should sound like. I mean, I think Dominic did a really good job and, you know, if I was to ever, you know, make another monkey Island, I would, I would definitely get him, you know, to do Guybrush. Absolutely. I mean, some of the other voices, uh, you know, I I think we're okay. And some of them, you know, I do kind of, cringe at a little bit i don't know that elaine is exactly you know what i what i probably would have you know picked for her and um trying to try to remember because i was just i was just listening to the voice a couple of months ago and there was some character that came on i'm just like oh that is so wrong (laughs) i can't remember who it was though i don't think that stan's voice matches his actions yeah i mean stan's voice is is hard to do as we saw in Escape. But, you know, I'm, I'm not the one that had to cast those voices. So, True. you know, it's easy for me to just sit <laughs> on the sidelines and go, ah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I had to, you know, if I was having to cast all those voices, you know, would yeah. I have done a, a better job? Who knows? Right. Um, one, of the, one of the things you talked about a little bit about, um, you know, not having the voices, that would have been something that, um, you would have would have wanted. It seems like um, specific. Well, you know, it's not something we would have wanted. Or it's 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 something that we just didn't. I mean, I didn't even think about it. Right. I mean, it was it was so it was so futuristic, 
and nobody had done anything like that. It you know it wasn't something that I went. God, I wish we had voices for these. Right? right. It, it just it just wasn't something that entered my head. You know, back mm. then. Um, or to, to rephrase, like it, it being something that um, you know, like a ch- an advancement that you were happy with. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of changed that. Um, the 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 fact that that rephrasing kind of ruins my segue. So I'll just. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you want to start over? We could we could just we could do editing, and I could I no, could no. compliment you on your brilliant <laughs> no. question. <laughs> no, not not by any means. Um, I guess I guess what I what I what I was thinking is that with that kind of open world, uh, you know, bit how big Monkey Island is and Monkey Island Two is, and then with the ending, um, which we won't you know put put any pressure on you. I know that like I've kind of looked or searched around for for a take on that. I know that's something that, um, you know, there isn't like a definitive, what would have happened if Ron had kept doing monkey Island answer out there. Um, but it seems like the, the game was made with a tremendous amount of freedom, you know, to me, the ending seems like it is, uh, I mean, it's goofy, but there is like a little bit of a, um, like there's a, a little bit of kind of gravitas to it. There's a, there's a weird kind of darkness to it. And there's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little twistier than I, maybe people were expecting. Like is, is that an accurate take on the the environment that the game was made in? Like, did you did you feel like you had the freedom to do like definitely what you wanted to do? And if not, was there anything that you definitely wanted to put in the game or but were not able to? Yeah, I mean, I felt like I had complete freedom to do whatever I wanted. I mean, that was one of the nice things about you know, Lucasfilm or LucasArts back then was we really did have almost complete freedom to do whatever we wanted. So, you know, we, we never had management or marketing or anybody, you know, kind of looking at what we were doing saying, Oh, you shouldn't do this or you need to do more of that or focus test says to do this. We just never had any of that. So, you know, with monkey Island one and monkey Island two and, you know, maniac mansion, you know, we just had the freedom to do whatever we wanted. And I think that really does show in a lot of those games is, is that we did, you know, we did have that, um, we did have that freedom, but, you know, I, I talked about this a bunch in the, in the PAX Australia uh, keynote that I did, but the monkey, the ending to monkey Island two was not really a part of some master plan. I mean, that was, that was, that was something that I just kind of threw together at the end because, because I had no ending for the game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things that was just, it was bugging me for the longest time that, that I, I just did not know how this game was going to end. And then it just, it just I mean, literally hit me one morning while I was laying in bed. Um, you know, not all the real details of it, but just that it should be, you know, this kind of weird amusement parky thing, you know. And, and so it really was not part of any master plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to phrase this in an, ele- in, in an inelegant way. Um, I put that disclaimer on because I firmly believe that it's an awesome ending. But uh, do you, as somebody who you know makes games and you know tells stories uh, for, for 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 a living, do you feel that a strong ending is important to a video game or kind of any uh, piece of you know art, for lack of a better term? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the ending of something it's it's the thing that gives the audience closure mm-hmm. in a way. Although, you know, depending on, you know, the the art form it is, I mean, a book or a movie or a game or whatever, I mean, sometimes having an ending that gives you no closure is actually what you want. I mean, if that's, if that's kind of the expression, you know, that, that you're going for and whatever the, you know, the art is you're doing, you know, that, that's fine. But I think in general, 
you know, the, the ending is the thing that does kind of wrap everything up. And, and people do want to feel, you know, content or satisfied at some level. And while the end of Monkey Island 2 is, is strange and bizarre and, you know, it, it kind of asks a whole bunch of questions that we didn't even know were asked during the rest of the game, there is a certain amount of closure to it. I mean, mm-hmm. Guybrush does, you know, vanquish, you know, air quotes, vanquish LeChuck and, you know, there's all this stuff. So it's, I think there is a bunch of um, closure that goes on with the ending for, you know, for players. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having that little twist at the end is just kind of fun because just when they think they're going to just get that closure, then things just take a weird, um, you know, a weird <laughs> twist to them. I and mean, I think one of my favorite endings to a movie ever is, is the end of um, Blazing Saddles. I don't know if you remember <laughs> yeah. that. But that movie just goes off the rails yeah. at the end. And it's just wonderful because it takes you in directions that you never, ever, ever would have thought it would have taken you. And and it just has been one of my favorite endings. And so, I mean, definitely the end of Monkey Island 2 is, is just a little bit inspired by, you know, me liking those kind of, you know, strange endings to things. Did people, were you surprised by the way people reacted or did people react in the way that you expected, you know, around the time this came out? Well, you know, when it came out, and I mean, that's still true today that, mm-hmm. at some level. Some yeah. people were really pissed off about that ending because they, they, they really felt like, you know, I was pulling a fast one on them or was, you know, lying to them through the whole game. And, and I, I mean, I still get emails from people who just really? hated that ending. Yeah, I still do. And, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's mm-hmm. a bad thing necessarily. I think, I think you, if you have an ending that, you know, really challenges people where a whole bunch of people really like it and a bunch of people just hate it. You, it, it says that you've done something interesting. Yeah. You know, you haven't done just a stock happy ending, you know, yay, everybody's happy um, or done this horrible ending that everybody hates. But it's, it's something that polarized people. And, you know, as somebody that, you know, creates things and, you know, tells stories, anytime you can polarize people, I, th- I think that's a, really, that's a really positive thing to do. And there was no so one of the things I guess I was I kind of asked this a little bit earlier and and um, but about that environment so one of the things you know about having that freedom was there any point where anyone you know in the company said you know Monkey Island one was very successful we're expecting Monkey Island two to be very successful you know maybe you should think twice about this ending that's going to be so controversial okay uh, first of all okay. <laughs> two two points to that okay. one. Monkey Island 1 was not very successful. Hmm. People think that that game was incredibly successful, but it actually didn't sell that well. Hmm. It, it, it's one of those games that, I mean, it's not like it sold horribly, but you know, it was not a huge seller by any stretch of the imagination. So I think people really look you know, at Monkey Island 1 and Monkey Island 2 to a large degree you know, through this lens of nostalgia. Because the it was not this huge runaway hit. I mean, the reviews it got good reviews, but it did not get stellar reviews. Um, you know, I read I read reviews of Monkey Island one that you know people are writing nowadays. You know, kind of going back and doing like a you know retro review, and you know they give it ten out of ten stars. And I think, well, that's ridiculous. Mm. You know, the game did not get ten out of ten stars when it came out. You know, it got you know seven and eight stars when it came out. It was it was 
you know, it was a it was a well reviewed game, but it was not a stellar reviewed game, you know, by by any stretch. So, you know, I think that's you know that's kind of the one part of the answer. The second part of that answer is we lived in a very different world back then. You know, we lived in a world where you know you make a game and then it would go off to a big manufacturing plant, and then you know that would all get distributed to the stores, and we had no internet, so you didn't really know what people thought of the game until you got sales figures back, which would take months. So the fact is, you know, I had started Monkey Island 2 before we ever knew how Monkey Island 2, Monkey Island 1 had done. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess that I'm definitely looking at it from a, a point of nostalgia yeah. as well. Cause I didn't, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's kind of like a testament to, to the game and, and not just to, to, fawn or anything but it definitely has like kind of this larger than life place in in the canon that really suggested that to me and in in my memory and my own kind of personal narrative it's always been you know i was like oh of course monkey island one did great it's monkey island i love monkey island (laughs) you know um yeah so i definitely huh yeah i mean it it does surprise people you know when when i tell them that because they they do kind of think of the game you know very, very differently are there are there any other you know kind of misconceptions that people have about about the series or about its development or its reception that you'd like to let us know? Yeah, we, we've asked some dumb questions. What are some <laughs> other dumb questions that have been asked? Of, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I, I, feel, I feel like the veil's been lifted. Uh, there doesn't have to be another one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I can't. I can't think of one, but yeah. certainly somebody may ask me one at some point. Hmm. I, I think the biggest misconception is is just that it was not a monster hit. Right. You know, it did not come out and, you know, have runaway numbers. You know, we were, you know, a lot of us, you know, at, at Lucasfilm Games, you know, the people doing the adventure games were very frustrated at Sierra Online because, you know, Sierra always sold way more copies than we did. You know, King's Quest, you know, the, or Police Quest or Space Quest or any of those games outsold what we were doing by magnitudes like five to one and Mm -hmm. that was always very frustrating to us you know because we didn't really you know understand why you know that that was the case but uh you know it always was and it was always very frustrating did you consider naming it monkey's quest (laughs) i'm you Uh, know yes actually we did we did joke about that a lot (laughs) quest 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 yes The, the, the quest for the quest of quest um, I, I was hoping when Cole asked you if there are any misconceptions, I was kind of hoping you'd say no one has found the true ending, <laughs> and then and then we would know to, to go in and search for special item combinations and esoterica. It's in to, the stump. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, you take Chuck the plan, you put it in the stump. Yeah. yeah, we didn't do a lot of Easter eggs and stuff back then. Yeah. You know, not not because we couldn't, but. It just wasn't. It just wasn't a huge thing. So you know, we didn't do a lot of them. I think the stump is probably the, you know, the closest that we had to you know real you know kind of elaborate Easter eggs type type things that happen in the game. Do you have a Do you have like a favorite um, in Monkey Island Two specifically? Like, do you have a favorite joke or favorite uh, kind of gag or sequence? And that, that kind of immediately comes to mind. Like, what what is what is the the single you know not like the the grand overarching kind of work or necessarily a puzzle but is there like one line or joke that you you go back to with pride oh well that's a you guys are asking me hard questions right so i'm trying to 
It's like I'm trying to like engage yeah. my yeah. brain again when, and think when, about when, all that stuff. One I mean, could you know, say like better interviewers would have sent you a list of questions <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, can- yeah, I you know I, I I wish I had a really good answer for that. I don't think I have an answer for that. I always I always I was I was very happy with that that just that weird little sequence when Guybrush and Wally are you know hanging in the dungeon <laughs> because that's that's always a challenging thing to do in adventure game design is to trap people in a single room and yeah. have puzzles for them to solve because you don't you don't have the back and forth you don't have the you know opening up new areas and discovering an item and then coming back and solving the puzzle because they're just trapped in a single room so yeah, I, w- I was kind of proud of the way that that all turned out because I, I do think that is, you know, an interesting little, you know, and, and somewhat challenging little, you know, puzzle sequence of, you know, your character essentially being trapped in a room. Yeah. I was going to, if you, if you hadn't come up with an answer, I was going to offer mine and see if it was the same. And it, it, it is that hanging sequence. And it's the joke that Guybrush can throw back a puzzle from earlier to LeChuck. Like that, that is delightful to me. <laughs> That you know he can give his his villain speech, and I can say, "Yeah, but if this is five, what is four? And <laughs> that just like, that was that. a good that was a good puzzle. That you know, this is five, this is four. Dave Grossman came up with that. Mm-hmm. We were we were just talking about you know how to get into that you know that area, and you know Dave came up with that puzzle. I, I do I do like that puzzle. I think that's an yeah. interesting puzzle. And in, in the main episode, we talk about how uh, just it, it's so easy to overthink it. It is. It is because you're kind of you're you're paying attention to the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, while while it's kind of being described to you, you're you know you're paying attention. Um, you you're not paying attention to that very first thing, which is mm-hmm. the thing you really need to be paying attention to. So, yeah. I mean, the other thing that I did and this really isn't a puzzle, but you know, one thing I've I've kind of always wanted to do that in a game, and I think it worked really well on McAllen too. Was that the the whole game is really a big flashback? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, because the game really starts out with, you know, Guybrush, you know, hanging from the rope at the treasure chest and, you know, Elaine rappelling down. And then, then you know, a huge chunk of the game is just a flashback on that. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and there was the other thing where, you know, when, when he dies, <laughs> it actually just cuts back to that and, you know, Elaine calls him on it and then he, you know, says, oh, okay, that's not really what happened. I mean, that was kind of the way of getting around the death. You, know, you needed, needed to be able to, you know, quote unquote, die, but, but you know, we, I could just pull back yeah. to that, you know, to that flashback thing. So It would have broken some of the rules, but was there a temptation because you had that narrative framing device to put in more situations where Guybrush could die? Or was it more special because it could only happen, but it only ever happened to me once? But, uh, you know. Well, you know, when I say in those, in those rules that death is bad, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not so much death, right? It, it's, not, it's not the act of, of you know, dying mm-hmm. per se. It's the act of the game ending. Right. It's the act of you doing something and the game ending at this, you know, this little dead end and then you having to go back to a save game and load up a save game and 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 especially the venture games back then, there was just a lot of um meta gaming that you had to do. You know, if yeah. you were playing a Sierra game the save game was almost this this gameplay mechanism yeah. that you were also playing while you were playing the game, and that that's really the thing I objected to. So it's not so much you know the taking of a life, you know, in in the death. It's just the game ending. So yeah. 
you know, the fact that Guybrush died, but but it, but it really just kind of warped back to the flashback, and you know, then you know, we made a joke about it. Um, that that kind of gets around that whole that whole death thing because yeah. the game doesn't. Guys, I found the definition of irony. The scum engine has the least safe scumming in all of PC gaming. <laughs> Say that again. The scum engine has the least save scumming of all of the uh, of, of of all PC games. The act of yeah, uh, gaming your saves. Right, interesting. <laughs> it's a don't worry. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's um, true. Um, just and and you know, heading into the 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 final. <laughs> Final countdown here. The uh, I, both me and Cole uh, spent a lot of time talking in the episode about the them bones dream sequence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the game. Um, can you like talk about that a little bit? Like whose whose genesis that was, um, and then where kind of the, the inspiration to have this? Um, Cole compared it to Twin Peaks um, at the time. It was kind of this very surreal interlude. Yeah, which you know we we were we were watching a lot of Twin Peaks back then. I mean, I used to have, you know, every night or every night Twin Peaks was on, you know, Dave and Tim and a bunch of other people would all come over, you know, to my place and we'd all watch Twin Peaks together. So, yeah, I think Twin Peaks definitely had, you know, an influence on us in a lot of ways, you know, with that with that kind of weird, surreal, you know, ness um, with that stuff. I don't. I don't remember who thought of the of that whole that whole thing. I don't I don't know if that was, you know, Dave that came up with that or that was Tim that came up with that. So I don't I don't really know the genesis of, of that whole thing. Hmm. I wish I could remember. Was it always right there? Was that always just uh the, the the idea to fall and hit your head and have that be a dream sequence or Yeah. Well, I mean, that would kind of imply that that the game actually had a design, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be your first mistake. <laughs> There's the other misconception. Yes, uh, you know, for both you know, Michael and one and Michael and two, it's like I had an overall, you know, I had an overall plan for the you know the main story you know where where i wanted it to go and and you know i and and the kind of the main puzzle beats mm-hmm. you know and I, and I always called those the the backbone puzzles yep. you know these are the the big main puzzles that that push the narrative forward you know guybrush wants to become a pirate guybrush has to charter a ship you know guybrush gets stranded on monkey island i mean those are these these big story beats right so i i kind of have that all figured out but then all of the little puzzles that make that up you know for me it's a you know it's a very organic it's a very organic process to kind of put those together you know it's just it's just a lot of thinking it's a lot of brainstorming it's a lot of you know sitting around in people's offices just shooting the shit about stuff and and doing that so it's not like you know for either of those games you know I sat down and I did this detailed design document for all that stuff mm-hmm. it was it was really about you know starting with those backbone puzzles and then you know slowly building those those puzzles up and you know a lot of it is just realizing that you know this is really a stupid puzzle mm-hmm. and getting together and trying to just very quickly come up with something that's more interesting or more fun, you know, than that stuff. And it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of sitting around and brainstorming. I think adventure games, I I mean, I don't know how other games are, but adventure games, I think are very difficult to to design alone Hmm. because the puzzles, there's so much about a puzzle 
that is is personal at some level, not to the designer, but to the person solving it. Mm. You know, one person's amazingly hard puzzle is another person's completely simple puzzle. And if you're doing a lot of brainstorming with people, you you tend to keep a, keep those things you know in, in check and balance because somebody can come up with an idea for the puzzle and someone else go oh that's way too hard and someone else oh no it's easy and this is why I think it's easy. So I, I think with adventure games, I, I do believe that they work better, um, kind of being you know brainstormed you know with the design mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah that, that's a re- that's really good insight. Because uh, the I, I've thought about that multiple times, and it came up in our episode too, where one puzzle would give one of us, you know, a lot of trouble, and the other one not. So having that yeah, kind of chorus exactly. of voices, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah and just kind of, kind of, you know, starting again, starting to wrap things up. I'm going to phrase this as a question because it's in an interview, um, just so I can get away with saying it. Um, make another maniac mansion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I I can't, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I can't I can't make another Maniac Mansion. I can't make another Monkey Island. It's I, not it's not that it's not that I don't want to do either of those things, um, but I I really can't do either of those things. I I I know. I'm just. Yeah, I, I, I I answered your non question. I I know. I can I can just I can just wish at the, at this point. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. What what uh, what are you what are you playing now? Like what what games have your attention right now? Uh, you know the game that I uh, was really fascinated with. I, I play most of the games I play these days are are on my iPad or my mm. phone. I don't do I don't do a lot of gaming on my PC or my Xbox or anything anymore, just because I you know I tend to be out and I tend to kind of like gaming when I'm out and about or when I'm waiting or you know doing stuff. So most of my gaming is actually you know on my phone right now. But the game, the game that um, I I thought was just absolute um, genius. I can never remember the name. I keep wanting to call it the. I'm gonna, I'm actually starting on my phone to look up the name. Oh, it's called Black Bar. Oh Black yeah, Bar. with the with the redaction. Yeah, that yeah. that game is like brilliant. It's like brilliant in its simplicity. Yeah, yeah. That that is kind of one of those games that that I actually played it, and I'm like, God, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> this is just so simple, um, and the writing is so clever, and yeah. the little story being told is 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 you know really interesting and clever, and That's yeah. Sad. So I, I love that game right it's now. Sad. I haven't finished it, so no spoilers. Hmm. Just in general, <laughs> it's a it's a sad premise. Like it's like a sad, it's is a sad it? co- concept in general. <laughs> Just the like the, the the whole thing. It's a, yeah, wow. yeah. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah. Check that game. out. Mm-hmm. Cool. And do we have any wrap up stuff? Cool. Anything that we didn't manage to hit on? Um, not that I can think of. No, I'm I'm I am happy with the way that this went. Yeah. <laughs> is is there? Uh, is there anything that we should watch out for? I know you you, you made some kind of allusions to to doing some prototyping. Um, you know, is there anything that uh, that our listeners should should check out in the near future? Uh, no, probably nothing in the near future. You know, I mean, I just I just got done, uh, you know, with Scurvy Scallywags, which mm-hmm. was in June. So I'm I'm just kind of I'm doing a lot of technology work right now, you know, on my engine and just doing a lot of you know refactoring and you know cleaning a lot of stuff up. So that's really 
what's occupied my time since Scurvy Scallywags came out. So I'm not really working on anything right now that's going to come out. Yeah. Can can I just say on the record how embarrassed I am that I said uh, <laughs> called it Puzzle Pirates in the email? <laughs> I thought I was being clever, and I was between work things. You so, and it was just for people who are listening. Like Ron's just like, can we move the time? And I'm like, yeah, but only because I liked Puzzle Pirates. <laughs> and then walked away, went, <laughs> turned around, <laughs> went back. To like yeah, I kind of read that, and and my first thought is like, why the fuck do I care if you like? Puzzle yeah, Pirates? why? Of course. And then and then it's like two seconds later, it dawned on me. Oh, I bet he meant to say scurvy scallywags. Yeah, Gar- which, I, which I did like. I just <laughs> Gary. So busy. Can, can, can you just say scurvy scallywags for me? Scurvy scallywags? Thanks, because I think you've misspoke in the episode, too. Oh, did I really? Yeah, I just didn't correct you. I'm so, I'm so bad. <laughs> so I, I'll, I, just go, I'll just go in and dub that <laughs> over. Alliterative pirate games. <laughs> like, if anybody makes parrot prizes or, you know, scimitar showdown or something like that, I'm just going to be effed. Like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> Scimitar Showdown. (laughs) I want to design that game. (laughs) Well, the the fighters would have to be skeletons. (laughs) Uh, Do it it where people have uh, insult arguments, but they settle them with swords. Mm, Yeah. So they're just going to have a debate, but... So it's 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 the opposite of yeah. insult sword fighting. <laughs> just sword fighting. Yeah. It's like yeah. debate debate with swords. Yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> they just open their mouth and swords come out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. So. All right. We well, yeah, got. Th- thank you again, Ron. Hey, my pleasure. It's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. Where can uh, where can people find you on Twitter? I uh, I'm uh, at Grumpy Gamer, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is also Ron's uh, blog website. Yep. And those essays that we we mentioned, um, the 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 what's wrong with adventure games? And there's also why, another one. Why adventure games suck? Why adventure games yes. suck? <laughs> and then um, there's also if I made a Mon- Monkey Island game today, which both of which are really good reading and relevant to the episode. So, yeah. yeah. And also play Scurvy Scalabags. It's real fun. Yeah, don't play Puzzle Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in in 2017, play uh, Simitar Showtown. <laughs> Um, coming yeah. from from Gary Gilbert Games. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, well, you can, it's a alliter- it's alliterative, Gary. Like people are going to mistake it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, thank thank you, Rob. Yeah. No. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Bye. So, uh, you know, and again, thank you very much to Ron for coming by. And uh, now we're going to read your responses about Monkey Island 2, which are scant few. Mm-hmm. However, each one has the power of a thousand exploding suns. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I will get us started with Anthony Perez via Facebook. One of the audio commentary tracks in the game talks about how uh, some of the design docs had things that were just insert puzzle here. And a little bit of talk about how they had to make sure that you needed an item from each island to complete each other island. So I feel like their approach to designing it focused a lot on having puzzles in certain places to fill certain prerequisites on a sort of meta-mechanical function in advancing the narrative out of the game. Um, and that uh, and that constraining themselves to those necessary functions, so you'd visit all of the islands, led to a lot of tediousness uh, that the game suffers from. Yeah, I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I would probably be a little more charitable. Like, it feels like they were being arbitrary about it, but maybe they were. 
like we never got to the bottom of that in all of our in all of our talking about whether or not it was arbitrary or justified but it's inarguable that the game didn't suffer from it yeah i i still really like the game there mm-hmm. there's and i like the the fact that it's so big like i don't have a better solution nope. for justifying those two things than this it does lend some tedium like yeah. i that's undeniable like there are parts of the game where you're just spending a lot of time walking and it's boring um and some of the kind of puzzle locations make you know, are a little bit more far-fetched because of this kind of constraint. Mm-hmm. However, you know, they were, I feel like that's the kind of growing pain that comes with doing something that hasn't really been done. Yep. So yep. I, will, I will forgive for that, even though I do think it is a, you know, it's, it is quite, you know, it's, it's good to, to like a piece, like a thing while still being aware of its weaknesses. Yep. Um, and then finally, Joni via Facebook says, uh, voice acting in the special edition is a great addition to the game. Old graphics work much better. And some of the puzzles are too far-fetched to figure out without guides. I finished the original game on easy mode when I was young, which was also the first my first adventure game. Uh, this was fun back then, and the humor is even better now. Yeah. So, yeah, which is totally true. Like, when I first played this, I was probably too, too young to appreciate some of the absurdity. And I think I talked about that in the Maniac Mansion episode as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I played that when I was pretty young, like, right when it came out for the NES. And I, you know, as I my sense of humor, you know, grew a little bit more sophisticated and like I wrote pussy storm USA. So I'm not saying that's <laughs> super sophisticated, but the, uh, as it grew more sophisticated, um, I appreciated the game more. Yeah. That's been true of all the LucasArts stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I played, I, I first came to these except, except for maniac mansion. I first came to the, the, the LucasArts games old, you know, a little bit older, um, than I think you did. And a lot of people did like, it was, you know, just a function of, I'm really curious about this, but even, even now going back and revisiting them with more knowledge of the genre, like, and knowing some of the stuff that they're riffing on and things, it's just like any, any good piece of fiction or, you know, um, any story you see more things when you come back to it later with a different perspective. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Right there. So yeah. Thanks everybody. Um, there's still plenty of time for, uh, to comment about Bioshock, yes. which is our, our Ann Kirby. Uh, yes. Ann Kirby. Is there time still? Uh, like maybe a little bit. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're listening if, on if, Thursday, yes. like you have until like Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you have barely enough time to do so. Yeah. Um, or Friday. I thought we were recording. Oh um, yeah. So you, Friday. Yeah. yeah so, so you have, you have, like, you have the remainder of Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, just because I want to make sure it's in the extra episode as well as the episode, um, come to our live show. Yes. Yep. Uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, Saturday, October 5th. 5th, yes. Um, at 1.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. I Be believe there. I believe to get in for one day, it's like 15 bucks. The two-day pass is 25 I believe. Yep. Um, yep. It's entirely worth it. It is an awesome time. Yep. And I would encourage everyone to go both days. Um, if you're going for a kind of panel mm-hmm. content, um, we are on the same day as Retronauts. Yes. So if you are interested in old podcasts about old video games, they are on the same day. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to come both days. Mm-hmm. Um, but if something happens and you are choosing not to, Saturday is the winner day. Winning day. Winner day. Winner day. Yep. Yep. So yeah, please come on out and say hi and all that jazz. Yep. We would appreciate it, and I think you'll we'll appreciate you yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you will get a bookmark. Yeah. Um, Watch out for so, fireballs. You will yeah. get a bookmark. Yeah, we will bookmark you. <laughs> What's in your uh, mouth? <laughs> What's what, in your mouth? It's a bookmark. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to see which. I, I got tired flossing and I wanted to save the spot in my teeth I was on. So I stuck a bookmark between there and I'm going to finish up later. <laughs> there, here, I'm going to call Brayton. Like, 
<laughs> come up with a name for that. <laughs> tooth mark? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, something. Yeah, done and done. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Re- yeah. Record a half hour on it, and we're good. Yeah, golden. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, yeah. And uh, here are some deleted scenes. Hey, look, half an amulet. Just what I need to placate that witch that's guarding the sandwich that I need to give the troll to open the gate to collect the torch to burn. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be unenthusiastic. Oh, yeah. You, you, you misread your own dinner. Yes, I did. Notes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, look, a half of an amulet. Did you manage to beat this? Yeah. Okay. I, I crammed. Yeah. It's really long. It's, it's it's too long. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I'm not holding back. One of the nice things about not putting this in the episode, the interview in the episode, is that I cannot. I like this game a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I can. Talk, it's not flawless. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, but they, they acknowledge that in the commentary. Actually. Yeah. I haven't. I didn't get. I I couldn't get the. Didn't see the commentary icons on iOS. I don't know mm. if they're there. So I watched some of them online, but I didn't get a chance to watch all of them. Right. Somebody compiled all like it's actually camera, you know, footage of them in the room. Oh, really? And wow. there's like there's like four five minute long commentaries. I watched those, but it's not like moment to moment. So you're probably going to come into this with some expertise that I don't have, okay. which is fine. Yeah. Um, for once, for <laughs> I yeah. should be able to for once. <laughs> That's not true. Like <laughs> we we do games that you have have the expertise on. I know. Um, it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. We all take a turn at the at the shit Sunday, Cole. I know. Um, <laughs> that's not an expression. <laughs> take right. a turn at the shit. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hi. Hello. How's it going, Ron? It's uh, going okay. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Or yourselves? Yes, I am doing. I am doing well as well. Let, let's take that again, Cole, and say it at the same time. <laughs> okay. Um, right. oh, okay. So, so are we going to harmonize? I'll take, uh, yeah. I'll take the third. Okay. And I'll be down here. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's up here. Say I'm doing well up here. Nah, I, I'm not, I'm um, not going to do that. The, 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 that's as far as the joke extends. It's further than the joke extends. <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's run the joke all the way into the ground. Yeah. I, I'm glad you're able to witness to this, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Sit tight while you go a, on a, a boring adventure while yeah. we take this joke. <laughs> Give it a nice velvet pillow and yeah. uh, just, just, yeah. just shovel on the dirt. It's cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But just so you know, we just we both recently replayed the game and uh it's all it's all pretty fresh. So we also okay. want to use that to generate thoughts. It's on. probably fresher for you than it is me. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, you don't have photographic memory of everything you've ever done. Yeah. No, uh, I don't. <laughs> um Yeah, I that, I mean, yeah, that that's fine. And you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to hold your feet to the coals on anything. By any means, so yeah. I have all the correct answers here and a buzzer for when you get yeah. them wrong. <laughs> yeah. You may have noticed some technicians in your house earlier yeah. this week um, wiring an electroshock device to your mouse. Oh, no. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's amazing how much of that stuff I don't remember. If somebody, I, I find that if anyone goes anywhere with a clipboard, they're allowed to do anything. Mm, yeah. So if somebody walked into my house right now with a clipboard, I'd probably think that he's supposed to be here. that's how i get away with uh doing nothing at work i just walk around frantically with a clipboard clipboard or a hand truck (laughs) he he knows what he's doing yeah don't bother him he's on a mission yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. we just have um like uh, you know my my uh stan voice 
kind of going through and, and talking about uh, getting you out of legal trouble. Mm-hmm. And then uh, have a couple of different testimonials from, you know, famous adventure game protagonists. And, uh, you know, I have a, like, don't take my word for it uh, kind of thing. Um, just listen to this. And we were hoping that you would say, um, my name's Ron Gilbert, and this is my absolute favorite product. Which is a, 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 so. What a, am I endorsing? <laughs> it, is a, it is well Pepsi. And we didn't want to tell you, but no, uh, the, the um, no, it, it's like a running joke on on the show of of so of of an endorsement that is my name is and it is okay. this is my absolute favorite product. Absolute favorite product. Yes. Yep. Okay, got yeah. it. We're not going to do anything untoward. Like it's it's just that adventure game, like a fake adventure game legal service. So. <clears throat> But yeah, if you'd be willing to do that, that would be awesome. Sure. Yeah, just let me know when. Go, go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay. This is Ron Gilbert, and this is absolutely my favorite product. Cut. Ron? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's um, the, the part of the, the, the running joke is we say it. Like, so if, if you do, um, I, I feel bad giving you a note. So <laughs> forgive me, please. Um, I only f- got one take. That was it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. What? Um, my name's Ron Gilbert, and this is my absolute favorite product. Uh-huh. Yep. What did I say? Did I not say uh, that? I think you said, this is Ron Gilbert, and this is absolutely my favorite product. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to write this down, because I my memory is like five seconds, apparently. Do you want me okay. to put it in the Skype window? I yeah, sure. That would be great, actually. I'm embarrassed I screwed that up. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're as embarrassed as we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm embarrassed for, for seemed, correcting. It seemed like such a good idea when we wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear some uh, some PAX stories if we have yeah. a moment as we warm up. Let's let's talk uh, let's talk about PAX. Yeah. Um, you know, one I really want somebody to take it upon themselves to create like a indie game and board game version of PAX <laughs> yeah. that, is, that isn't run by shitheads. Yeah. That happens at the same time with similar geographical distance to me. Yeah. <laughs> so get on it. You know, conference devs. Like, yeah. Because yeah. the, uh, you know, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like that whole thing still feels shitty. Yeah. To me, you know, I think that they're, you know, I'm, at this point I don't have, feel like there's very much hope. Yeah, with those guys as uh, as people. Yeah, um, even a- you know, even big big silent guy, you know, it's like uh, you know, I don't know if like you know, you and I work together. <laughs> if you started, you know, I think that like even business. I mean, and we don't make any money, so it does. It's not exactly the same thing, but like mm-hmm. you know, it'd be my responsibility for calling to call you out as being a shithead <laughs> if you were being a shithead. Yeah, and you know, and, and I'd, I'd expect you to do the same. Yeah, I would hope you know, that so. you would do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah no so so yeah Tycho's silence not really that great yeah it doesn't it doesn't help yeah anything and uh, you know the fact that like most of the the cost and stuff like the fact that I went this year and it was like I think it was like the first year where there was you know maybe one or two kind of bigger things I had even like a remote interest in but there was nothing that I would have you know like the big, the biggest thing I wanted to see was transistor mm-hmm. which was you know pretty pretty small. Um, you know, but it's just, I feel like it's like a little divorce. Like there, and there's also like a little bit more of this, like side stuff presence, like Twitch had a really huge kind of just like geographical chunk. And then like a lot of, um, kind of peripherals and equipment companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was like just kind of less space for even, you know, like it, and, and I'd be a different tune if like fallout Four, dark souls two were there. 
like I would, you know, I want to get whatever chopsky they're giving out for those things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just like that, that stuff is is less interesting to me, and the stuff that is interesting to me, unfortunately, is not really replicatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I don't know if you've read any of these, you know, kind of like essays about you know the the morality of supporting the organization or not. Uh, I've read I read one that was um, by I guess MC Frontalant. Yeah, something like that. And he, he spent a good portion, you know, because he's buddies with them. Yeah, and you know he like he said like so he came out and said basically I like the Dick Wolf strip because X Y Z you know not because it's a rape thing but because because it's, it's somehow brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is it's a brilliant send up which, of which like mm. not 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 the best not the best way to begin your article but when he went on to make points and just basically say this has escalated into something stupid and for as like for for you as a Penny Arcade fan. Uh, reading this for you to think that you know people who are maybe sensitive to the notion of rape are censoring you that is like crazy yeah like he, like, he's, like he one, says one, some one good side stuff is in clearly it. in the right on this yeah, he's, yeah he says some good stuff in it he mm-hmm. also gives uh um what's his head mike mm-hmm. um too much credit for his apologies yeah. which at this point still to me like i haven't read anything that came out has come out of the guy's mouth that sounds sincere right um it, he's apologizing as if he's practiced it because he's mm-hmm. a practiced it because he's constantly apologizing because yeah. he's a shithead mm-hmm. so like nothing sounds it's all forced like he's like i'm sorry i made. i'm sorry you got mad right you know like he's not he doesn't understand mm-hmm. he has no conception of why anything he's done is wrong yeah um and that's really problematic mm-hmm. to me like there there's like the mc frontal thing is like well thought out but i still think he lands on the wrong side of it yep you know, not necessarily, and I'm I'm up in the air as far as whether I should go or not. But he still feels like they should be redeemed, and that they're mm-hmm. you know, it's like a good you know, that's like a, it comes from like a good place. Like they're sorry, and they should mm-hmm. you know fess up. But this is how they really feel, and I don't know. That's yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I just I I, th- I only brought that up as being notable because it is on the other like it is so on the other side compared to other articles, yeah, or essays that I have read. So it kind of it just you know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a defense which you don't you don't see too many of them. I've seen right. like a kind of um, the person who made um, like love a hate story mm-hmm. uh, wrote a really good practical defense where it's like I don't like this I don't I don't feel safe here. However, economically this is how it breaks down. Yeah, like yeah, if that... I don't do this, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. So this is a shitty thing I have to do for work, and mm-hmm. it sucks that you know this just, is the only alternative. Just just because I'm here doesn't mean you're doing something right. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Just like I, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that, that was really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause I like that's, that. I think that's like the people who are kind of tearing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing that I haven't seen addressed mm-hmm. adequately. You know, it's like, obviously I think it's, it's important to be conscious about how you spend your money. Mm-hmm. However, the fact that like, this is really the only port in a storm or the only game in town in, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, is, is a big deal. Like there are other, you know, there are other shows, they're not the same though. You know, it's not the same from a from like a developer end or from like a consumer facing end. Right. You know, and it's not the same kind of value and the, the same experience. Mm-hmm. So that hasn't existed yet. And like the idea, like a thing I see mentioned a lot is that, you know, the industry existed before, it'll exist after. Like thinking of this as a, a immutable institution is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um something very well could rise in its place. That's all well and good, but it's a long term you know, solution. It's not a, uh, it's like something that might eventually happen mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with what to do now. Right. You know, 
so, or, or how any individual person should act in yeah, relation to this. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, you know, there's a year between now and next time somebody mm-hmm. puts together that's just the a la carte version of what I want, mm-hmm. you know, from the show. Like I would be way into that yeah. and would, would gladly do it, even if it's not geographically close. Like that's I just happen to be really close to Seattle, which makes it nice. But right. the uh, even if that doesn't work out, mm-hmm. you know, somebody puts together something that's like a lot of indie, you know, smaller games developers and then like board board and tabletop stuff mm-hmm. like all put together like i'm i'm down i'm willing to give it a shot yeah so however mm-hmm. on the plus side like i played a bunch of really cool games which is great mm-hmm. um you know the uh we did like probably the most memorable thing uh the barkley 2 guys oh, had yeah. a really s- small booth that was really uh you know those guys were real high touch really funny guys and they did um all on saturday and sunday they did character creation <laughs> so they you thought i thought like oh they're going to show you the engine for creating the character in the game but really you went into a darkened booth where a wizard was in there and did a 10 minute long like character creation with chess pieces and tarot cards and palm reading <laughs> and stuff a la you know the beginning of ultima 4 right um you know partly in the computer and partly just him asking you questions mm-hmm. and determined your alignment and and did all of these things <laughs> and then uh, they gave you a printout there was a skull and they had a receipt printer that came out of its mouth that gave you a code that will let you import the character you made <laughs> that into the game yeah it's it was awesome huh. and it was really funny too like the the game is just is super funny, obviously, because those dudes are super funny. Um, So that was awesome. And it was just like, you know, you went and you put in your name and they took down your phone number and said they'd send you a text because it was like, it took forever. It was such like a caring, Mm -hmm. you know, experience. Like, it was just a really long kind of thing. I can't imagine that in the face of the crowds at PAX. Yeah. That's a very kind of bold choice. Yeah, even in the in the indie section, which was, but mm-hmm. they were they're kind of small, you know, smaller potatoes. Like it's a Kickstarter thing. Mm-hmm. Their first game was self produced, you know. Yeah. So they weren't they didn't have a huge crowd around their booth at any point. Like I think I was, I did mine near the uh, like kind of the middle of the day. Uh, Saturday is when I did mine, and I was the twenty fifth person total to do it. Okay. So and they and they were doing it the day before. I just didn't see that they had done it before. The day before. So I guess right. they did it all weekend. But what, uh, what 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 did your character come out as? Um, true neutral. <laughs> which I was surprised surprised about, um, but the questions are really, you know, misleading. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, and then everything else I don't know because I haven't plugged them into anything. Oh, but like okay. I I drew tarot cards and he told me what they represented, <laughs> um, and then did a uh, yeah like when you come in there's like a chessboard set up with like a chess puzzle, mm-hmm. and he's you know see if you can you know beat my my checkmate, and I was you know trying to figure it out. And I guess this is what this is the point. Like everybody sits there and stares at it, mm-hmm. and after like you know forty five seconds, he's like, "This is boring," and <laughs> clears all the pieces from the board and puts a computer in front of you, and let's play Barclay Shut Up and Jam to Gaiden instead. <laughs> um, you wear headphones, so he has like an effect on his voice, like a wizard what effect and stuff. Yeah, that is so it was, cool. It was really, really in depth and oh. like really, really unique and awesome. Can you quantify what a wizard effect is? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like a very specific kind of reverb. Okay. Like, yeah, like, like ancient cave reverb. Okay, so it's like, not like, like it's not plate or runes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not plate reverb. It's not silver or, or platinum. No. It's it's a wizard. Yeah, yeah, definitely wizard reverb. It's the it's um, the sound of a voice um, bouncing off of a wizard's hat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, through a beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, that was super cool. Um, Crypt of the Necronancer is awesome. Like when that comes out in, in November, that's going to be something to pick up on. You know, it'll be dirt cheap probably on Steam. Mm-hmm. 
but it's like a one you just control with with the arrow keys. They had it set up with a DDR pad, which mm-hmm. was really rad. But uh, you don't have to play it that way. And it's a, a rhythm based roguelike, so you can only take actions on the beat. Oh wow! And uh, the uh, so you know you move around like if somebody's in front of you and you hit forward, you attack. It's all contextual. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you do combinations like up and left is a spell, and down and right is a spell, etc. Right. And like the cool kind of like tricky part is that you you get to the boss and it's a um like a, a samba line or like a what is it what's that word conga con- 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 line conga con- line um so the music there's a rest in the beat mm-hmm. so you know it's like and on those beats where there's not a thing you can't do anything yeah so you have to like time out where the rests are with your actions like it's really neat like that game was super cool yeah you know, Transistor is beautiful. That's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, like my favorite game at the time I'm playing it. Probably. Yeah. Um, Link to the Past 2 looks cool. Um, it's interesting. Like, it has this weird... The uh, It's like the same overworld, but when you go up against a wall, you can turn into a 2D version of Link mm-hmm. and crawl on the walls. So you can kind of, like, move in and out of windows and stuff and go into areas that are implied to exist in the world of Link to the Past, but you couldn't get to. Oh, really? Because of this, yeah, because of his lack of mobility. Right. So, so it uses the same overworld map as Link to the Past? Yeah, it looks like it. Okay. The dungeons are, are different. The dungeons are kind of, are. You know, it looks like it has like the same color palette and everything, but like real different uh, kind of mechanics and layout. Um, it was a pretty, fairly short demo, so mm-hmm. I didn't get very far into it. But yeah. it looks neat. The 3D looks good. Yeah. Um, works pretty well. Did uh, So the, this is the question. All, all of this talk of Transistor, whenever I hear it, I immediately conflate it with another game that's... Uh, coming out at a, at, a, at a i think roughly the same time it was and was announced at the same time but did you get to see or play below at all i don't think i didn't see it there mm, okay yeah i don't i don't know what below is below it's uh th- that's the new game from capybara um the guys who did sword and sorcery oh yeah yeah it's that yeah. Ro- the the roguelike um it might thing. i mean now that i think of it, that might have been there but i didn't mm. uh you know, it might have been either it had like a people shield around it mm-hmm. or the aesthetics didn't look grabbing enough to, mm. you know, like I was, uh, have you seen screenshots of it? Is it really striking looking? I'm trying to just I, think and I see mean, if, I, if I saw it, it. It's got the, you know, the Super Brothers aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it looks awesome to me. Like that was one of the few things that they showed at E3 that really kind of got me excited. Mm. Right on. Yeah. I don't, it might not have been there mm. then. The, the name doesn't strike, uh, Strike my memory. Um, yeah. So they're supposed to show Mugenics and they didn't have it done yet. That's they didn't have bad. the build completed. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. Um, and I went to you know the booth and everything and I was expected them all to be there and, and they weren't and that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I played the new edition of D&D. I did like a playtest thing. Is that like D and D next? Next. So they're not doing yeah. five five E. It's <laughs> yeah, it's called next. Yeah. They're doing these guiding guide naming conventions yeah, it's now. a it's a it's a cross it's a crossover with uh, everquest next yeah ex- exactly hopefully yeah. not <laughs> um if so they hid that pretty well uh <laughs> but you know that that's fine as you know D is so calcified like they can't do too you know very much yeah away is, for, you know they can't really change this the system like a reaction to people who hated on 40 or yeah yeah, it's like it's like a three point seven five. Like right. it's like a better optimized version of three point five is what they're going for. Mm-hmm. I think, um, which is fine. And then like the kind of big, they're kind of doing a little bit of stuff that is uh, borrowing some pages from kind of story focused tabletop games, 
which I think is, is cool, where you have a contextual, something called like advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So like if you have advantage, you roll two D20s and choose the highest. And if you have disadvantage, you choose, you roll two and you choose the lowest. Oh, wow. And like there are mechanic things that do it, but it's also like DM discretion. So if you can argue that you have it, right. you know, and they, and they like your argument, you get it. Hmm. And uh, and vice versa. So that's a real like player dictated mechanical outcomes is a real story, you know, based kind of like indie tabletop yeah. RPG kind of thing. Um, we did a demo finally. Like I bought the book last year, but I hadn't played it um, because I wanted to do a demo of it uh, of Burning Wheel, which is a really complicated but really cool um, kind of like cooperative story based mm-hmm. tabletop game um, that is really like you know player. Like, players have a lot of power in it. Yeah. I think it's much more, uh, you know, kind of like both sides working towards the middle as opposed to a traditional antagonistic, like, I set up these traps for you. Can you outwit me? Mm-hmm. I have dungeon mastering aesthetic. Yeah. No, that, so, that sounds really cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. It, was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, met, like, we met, like, one non-goony, terrible guy. There's this guy <laughs> from Canada. A single. Who, yeah, it was, it was, like, one dude who, like, just came up and we went to... Um, like a after party thing that Polygon was putting on mm-hmm. and it turned it was like in a really small room and like, you know, there's no we were just hanging out in a bar, like there was no nothing more to it. So like and a guy like just introduced himself to us. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is weird but turned out to be a really awesome dude. Mm-hmm. It was like like younger Canadian guy. Yeah. And we went kind of bar crawling with him and uh went and got some like fancy fancy drinks and then went to like a super dive and then like ended doing really, really, you know, uh pretty pretty screamy messy you know karaoke and like a real gay friendly bar i don't yeah. know if it was a gay bar but a very gay friendly kind of dive yeah thing and uh, that was tons of fun yeah sounds a good time yeah it was good mm-hmm. like uh yeah it was so it was a lot of fun um it was just uh part of it was like not all of my friends could go this year like last year i had a big group this year i had a much smaller group which mm-hmm. kind of hurt the experience and then there's just that kind of like shittiness coloring it yeah um, I did a like I watched a panel. Have you, ever, have you seen or heard of um, Retro City Rampage? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Although I, I I'm not too pleased with that guy. What uh, what it's interesting. I watched him do a thing. What is what is your problem with that guy? And I'm, before you say it, I'm not a, like a staunch defender of him or anything. No, and I just and and this is really just something that I've that, that I've seen today. So I like Retro City Rampage. I was not interested in it because it didn't. Like it, it basically its idea of parody or satire was like, hey, let's just do this exact thing, and like, hey, remember this thing. So it was, for for from my understanding, having not played it, it was the Family Guy approach to comedy, which is hey, or Robot Chicken, you know, the way that they put yeah. it together. Um, and then, <clears throat> oh, you know what? Okay, so it's related to the Hotline Miami two rape scene thing. Mm. Where uh, you know they they uh, they they put in this implied you know sexual assault you know something in the in the demo, and when they were called out on it, they're like, okay, yeah, let's take it out, you know, because because you know it's probably a wrong thing to do to have this rape scene in here. And then uh, the Retro City Rampage guy said, hey, here's what we're doing for Retro Retro City Rampage two, putting in a controversial thing and then taking it out for publicity. It's like mm. Mm, don't like. They don't make fun of somebody who did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, there was like a kind of like a violence on women thing in the Hotline Miami two demo I played. Yeah, which uh, I don't know what where where that was on the timeline. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. Um, the Retro City Rampage guy. The talk I went to, 
Um, so I, I don't think that his intention was to be robot chickeny. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like like t- tearing apart Grand Theft Auto is like almost too low of a target to defend. Right. Like those games aren't clever. No. I don't know. Like I, those aren't. They're not like the the humor in it is real low. Um, but the uh, the interesting thing is like the origin of that game is pretty fascinating, and mm-hmm. that's mostly what he talked about. Um, was like him attempting to see what you could push uh, like an NES game to do. Okay. Um, and he ended up like cutting some rules for the retail release, but inside it there's a uh, there's like ROM City Rampage, which is like his actual version that runs on everything that Nintendo would do. And he did like a really technical talk about like this is what a Nintendo is is capable of. These are the shortcuts that programmers had to use to do this X, Y, and Z. Here are really impressive looking you know things from Ninja Gaiden. This is how they did it. How do I emulate this? And he got like a Nintendo like fashioned himself a Nintendo dev kit and started making that game like working within the constraints of like how do I make a modern like how do I work within the constraints of what would be possible for the most advanced NES game. Really? Um, yeah, and it was really fascinating. Like I came away from it just kind of like this guy is, you know, I don't want to talk to this guy at a party, mm-hmm. but it was like a fun, like a way bigger feat than I thought it was just based yeah. on seeing the Steam ad for like I didn't I didn't spend any time with Retro City Rampage either, yeah. and like didn't look very interesting to me. But knowing the origin of it, it's actually kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that it was you know the hot topic school of retro worship, where it's just kind of yeah. like hey, let's do pixel art because it looks neat. Um, yeah. but that he put that much technical effort into it. That it's, actually it's, sounds really cool. It's more, yeah, it's more about like, well, how can you push that, mm-hmm. that thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely like a good idea behind it. The, the putting in a controversial scene and taking out, like who knows what motivates that. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to think of seeing him talk for an hour. makes it hard for me to think of him being that savvy Mm-hmm. because he really comes off as like kind of on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah. No, um, so, like like this he was actually just like making fun of the of the uh, mm. um <laughs> he was making fun of the Hotline Miami 2 guys for backing off on their on their uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. It, it it seems like I believe they did that. It's just weird with his talk. Like yeah. again, I didn't come out of this like thinking like this is a good dude. Mm-hmm. I just came off as like this guy is a fucking weird guy who knows more about one thing. Yeah than any one person has a right to, mm-hmm. you know, like he just like, it, it was, it was just a ridiculously like kind of masterful, like a very, like a lot of confidence mm-hmm. in his understanding of how this very specific niche piece of hardware works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. cool. Why aren't you muting phone? It was already on silent, but it's still mewing. What are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, so good time, morally mm-hmm. conflicted. Those guys are jerks. Yeah. Some other people are jerks in ways that are not really acceptable. Yeah, well, it just... The thing that seemed really cool about PAX, and I say this as somebody who's never gone and doesn't really have a desire to go, but, like, it seemed like it was this, you know, cool, safe place for anybody who liked anything related to games to go to, right? Mm. It was like, this is the opposite of high school, where you're not going to be judged for anything, and just kind of, like, the, 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 the whole appeal of it, outwardly, was the acceptance side of it right you know which is kind of like hey come here have fun with like-minded people you know etc etc but just the notion that you know that the people who you know like the people on team dick wolf or whatever are you know organizing flash mobs where they go around in the shirt and like antagonize people and say ha 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 we are marching under the banner of rape like that just seems so toxic and poisonous to me and so counter to what would actually draw somebody there in the first place 
Yeah. There's a weird, like, that's that's definitely true. I mean, like, to me, like, the appeal was never, like, hey, I can go not be picked on. Because I don't yeah. get picked on in real life anyway. Because, exactly. yeah. you know, <laughs> the um, because I don't, because I'm not in high school. Like, if you're coming right from high school, I can mm-hmm. see that being the appeal. To me, the thing that hasn't been answered is just the amount of touch mm-hmm. that it is. Like, E3 isn't open to the public. Most of the other cons that are around are tabletop based. Mm-hmm. So this is like the video game thing where like video games are being shown for just public people. Right. You know, that being more of the thing. The other thing about like, and this is, I'm not trying to defend it, but the reason why part of it is a gray area for me is that like, it is such an anonymizing experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an unsafe place. It's just a crowded place with a lot of noise. Like, you don't notice what almost anyone is doing. It's not like there are roving bands of, like, rape supportists, like, walking mm-hmm. around. I know that one is bad enough. But the fact that I think a lot of people, the reason why people think that it is an overreaction, I do not think it's an overreaction. But one reason why people think that it is an overreaction is because you can spend your whole weekend there and not see a single anything mm-hmm. with that. You know, like, it's a very, like, just about the people you're with. You know, at least for me, like, I don't I don't want to go talk to internet strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, so the yeah, and I'm you know I'm aware of my surroundings. It's not like I just have my head down. It's just a really big thing. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, there's like the panel where the dude regretted pulling the merch and people cheered, and then you know I was no like it. Yes, it makes me uncomfortable to be in the same place as those people. Yeah, um, which is why I'm conflicted. But I never would have known. I didn't know that until I saw it on the new like on yeah. the internet after yeah. I left. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's it's it's pretty nebulous in a in a way that shields the good and the bad i guess yeah you know is my point um yeah so it's still it's still gross but the actual touch moment to momentness of it is you know not you don't see the very much of that yeah you know for what that's worth which is not that much yeah well they they, they do child's play so they're above reproach yeah, yeah exactly so they like children hate women yep they yeah. child's play for male children yes uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know. They guy they're they're you know, they're awful. So yeah. and the uh yeah, it sucks that it's it's just this and it's also like I don't I understand part of why people are reacting negatively to the backlash because it's like I even have like a brief bit of like, hey, this is this fun thing I like and I feel like I wish this wasn't happening to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it kinda sucks just that here's this thing I like to do that is becoming complicated and shitty because you know, because ethics. Mm-hmm. It's fine, I'll stand on the side of ethics. It's a little, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, all around. Mm-hmm. So. Too bad. Yeah. It's super too bad. Hmm. It's a shame. Like, I would love to see, uh, I don't know. I would love to see that guy understand what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, have have some kind of a epiphany. I wonder what his, like, those guys are married and have families and shit. Like, I mm-hmm. wonder what his wife thinks of all this. I don't know. You know? Or I wonder what the, uh, the other guy, like, silent partner, um you know, has to say about it, like, behind closed doors if they're just talking. Like, is it just this thing that they don't bring up? Like, no one bring up how Mike's an asshole about these certain issues. <laughs> yeah. and, and, like, that's a real... Ta- I don't know if you've ever... Like, anytime you have a friend where it's like, I can't talk about this with that person, mm-hmm. that's that's awful. You I, know, like, I that's know the... That. Yeah, yeah, that's a shitty feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to have friends that you have to, like, keep one subject off the table mm-hmm. with or, or with him, like, you know, four or five subjects off the table. Yeah. You know, that's awful. Yeah. Find better friends and find a fucking better artist. There's really nothing that like, <laughs> did you read the wired thing? That was like a takedown of them from the perspective of it. Like this is, you know, kind of bad humor and bad art. No, no, I didn't read that. Like, I like that a lot because that's what I, you know, I've struggled with, like not struggled with, mm-hmm. however, I've never connected with those, like that strip. 
Mm-hmm. And I've always thought it was pretty shit. And uh, they brought up the fact that it's like what it is doing is playing out of both sides of its mouth where it's like we're trying to be satire. However, if we say anything you don't like, we get to defend ourselves with like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. Which is the exact fucking same thing that South Park does, <laughs> yeah. which is why I don't like South Park. Like, it is not brave to just stand on the sidelines and say everything is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not satire. No, it's not. You know? And that's what Family Guy does. That's what South Park does. That's what Penny Arcade does. And it's just, like, the lowest form of fucking humor, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, get it? Everything is dumb except for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And then, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of push it further and further. Like, the, all the defenses of that Dick Wolf thing were people, like, MC Frontalot and then the other guy was talking about, like, how this is, like, an important work in the field of humor. Like, you're not fucking Lenny Bruce, dude. <laughs> like, this is, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you know, we all know MMOs suck. Like, yeah. making a joke about how they suck is not getting you any kind of credit for, for innovation here. Yeah. Yeah. Yipes. Mm-hmm. Million dollar industry, dude. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, there's that other bit too, where it's like you're you're a fucking millionaire. Like, you know, I don't know. No mm. one's no one can take anything away from you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But just video game humor in general. I just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there's not funny things about video games. Oh, true. We we, true. we traffic in that. Like, I know. That's the same thing. There's no reason why like uh, the the sketches at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. could be like a middling web comic. Um, like the you know just taking the concept and drawing them rather than saying them. Mm-hmm. No, you know? I, so like I don't want to put ourselves up on any kind of like platform or no, draw. No, and, and and I'm and I'm not. I just I, I just it's it's weird that I you know am part of creating some of that stuff to a certain extent. But I just if when when I look at the landscape of anything that is related to it, and think about how much time I spent in the past reading, you know, Penny Arcade or uh, any other number of weird gaming related web comics and things like that, um, I just think like just like there there is nothing. It's a wasteland to me, yeah. and it's like I, I make it, but I don't consume it to a large extent. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really consume it either i guess like, it was like I mean, we talked about in the last episode like right place right time mm-hmm. you know like they came along in a time where people were just like happy they were being acknowledged like mm-hmm. you know my hobby and my specific proclivity like it's 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 one of the like unforeseen side effects as video games as a new medium mm-hmm. you know is that like you know, there's going to be a lot of firsts and like the first kind of like competent video game webcomic is going to get a lot of attention and kind of become an entrenched institution yeah just because it's kind of grandfathered in as one mm-hmm. you know yeah. So, and you know, and I can't blame you for being you know younger and like seeing that and just kind of being like, this is something I like. You know, I like the subject matter of this. Yeah. You know, and not uh, it just being kind of enough that like this is the only way that the subject matter I like is being dealt with in this medium. Right. So. I, I, okay, so I take that back. I think that I think that something awful generally hits the mark with any kind of like video game, like front you know front page video game content stuff. Yeah, they did Marvel Madness the movie. Yeah, like uh, yeah, so they, yeah, they do. <laughs> that's my that's my all time favorite thing. It's like, yeah, their yeah. wife, um, and, and that, that features some shocking violence against women. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's so good. Their yeah. wife, <laughs> you get wife harm. Oh man, yeah. So so like so so I take it back. It's not a complete wasteland, but I think that 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 just speaks to. I, I don't know taste more than anything. It's like, oh, I have found this place, and I've been a something awful reader for going on like twelve, thirteen years now, mm-hmm. and so it's just you know, yeah, yeah. it's it's something. There's good and bad humor. 
yep. out there. It's the same way like you don't organize things around subject matter. Right. So like saying you don't like zombie things is stupid because yeah. there's The Walking Dead and there's yeah, because, World War Z. Because there's you know? Shaun of the Dead, you know? Yeah, exactly. So don't don't organize your taste among, mm-hmm. a, about what something's about. Mm-hmm. It's the the uh, like articulation that's important. Yeah, it's the artifact itself. Not, yeah. yeah, and it's the only thing that's important. Like nobody could have convinced me to like The Wire if I if I never got past my prejudice mm-hmm. against cop shows. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So the uh, yeah, so don't uh, yeah, don't uh, organize mm-hmm. your taste around subject. Yep. You do not like zombie movies. Mm-hmm. You like some zombie movies and dislike others. Yeah. You're you're more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah. But the things that I like are my identity, Gary. I, I'm a gamer. Damn it. Don't. No, no, I don't I'm wear just... shirts that show it. No, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know you don't, but like that's the problem. Like, yeah, you know, don't, uh, don't like. I don't know. They're so desperate to identify themselves. It's as one thing or another. It's, it's not, just sad. This is reaching out for connection in any. It's not what you're like. It's what you like. Mm, yeah. The um, that's a, like in those misconnections I've been putting together for that thing. <laughs> that's the that's the sad undercurrent of all of that. Is like <laughs> people. Like, People trying to make a really deep bond based on this, you know, identity identity signifier kind of thing they have in common, you know, like you've played Link to the Past. Therefore, you understand me. Let's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, therefore, you know, ergo. Yeah, it's it's real crazy. Like some of the like super sad short stories. Nothing as bad as last year with like the guy who was looking to get his V card punched. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the saddest, you know, one that I've ever (laughs) read. But like this year is pretty also pretty rough. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. It's funny, too, though, because like, you know, uh, Penny Arcade, it's just like a sign of I don't know what exactly what's a sign of. So Penny Arcade getting all this shit about being you know non-inclusive and stuff. Mm -hmm. Way more male for male and male for trans. Yeah. Penny Arcade or uh, Craigslist ads hmm. this year, which I, I didn't really save because I don't want to beat up on. And mostly, like, one, they tend to be pretty innocuous and not very funny. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, if you're a chick with a dick and your favorite, you know, League of Legends character is Bimo or whatever, like, it wasn't, <laughs> they weren't like that, like the other ones were. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like, way more of those this year. Yeah. No, so, so, so the, those only get funny when it's like, you know, looking looking for somebody to unload you know, hot jets on my back or whatever. No gay shit. Like, yeah. yeah exactly. like, 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 like those <laughs> yeah. are only funny when, when, yeah. like when, when it's inherently homophobic, what they're asking for. Right. Like, and, the, and, and these weren't, they all seem just like pretty legit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not gonna, I can't make yeah, fun of no, like, it's, you know, somebody whatever. for wanting to experiment. Like it's just uh but yeah, it's, and it's not the, you know, I don't know, reply, reply with your measurements and your favorite, pokemon in the subject line <laughs> yeah, which, you know which is which is a lot of them what's your favorite bakugan yeah exactly <laughs> yeah reply with your favorite bakugan in the subject line also do you have like wide flat nipples or pointy <laughs> you know pointy eraser nipples <laughs> like Gross. yeah uh, yeah so yeah packs complicated issue smarter people than us are talking about it right now so true we, we we expected to talk about Grand Theft Auto, but uh, not realizing that uh, that Ben wouldn't have gotten a chance to play it yet. So gotcha. Yeah. No spoilers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody's. I think somebody calls somebody else a bitch and then shoots them. That's my guess. Yeah. Somebody works their way up through a crime narrative. Yeah. Um, doing small jobs for a series of progressively, you know, more objectionable crime humans. Yeah. Yeah, until eventually you live out some kind of weird rap fantasy about, you know, 
having a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Get a get a mansion of some sort. Maybe maybe there's like a like a like a goofy character who, you know, makes you do something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of like old man who's real into porn or prostitutes. Yeah. Makes you hide your complicit. He's you know, a Rush Limbaugh character or something like that. Yeah. In the game. Um yep. yeah. There's sunsets in it. Yeah. <laughs> there's like some... Yeah. I'm actually kinda yeah. curious what the soundtrack on this looks like. I've looked at it. Um it's it's very modern. It's kind yeah. of interesting. Like two of the DJs on the there's like a modern alternative station that has the two guys from Waves. Yeah. As the DJs, which is really interesting. Like but it it's all bands I've never heard before. Like bands are doing Grand Theft Auto exclusives. It's becoming like a commercial thing. Like bands are, you know, probably I mean maybe not paying, but bands are putting exclusive songs on there for exposure. Yeah. Which is weird and contrary to what the soundtracks are, you know? Which yeah, is supposed which to be. It's supposed to be like a. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like you're supposed to be, be already into the music. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to Grand Theft Auto soundtracks to discover new things. I mean, you do incidentally, but that's not the focus. Right, right. I mean, it's supposed to be like a, indicative of a time and place, too. Well, that's the. Yeah, or that, to, like, that, to, like to build a world. Right? Yeah, they gave up on that a while back, though, I feel like. I mean, like, like with. like I feel like the music that they chose for. Uh, what was that? Um, four was like, oh, this is 2008. But yeah, kind of. But like defining 2008 as a time and place is so granular. In, in, in 2008, defining 2008. Yeah, 2008. exactly. Exactly. I, I, think, I think we talked about this in the in the in the music episode, but just yeah. kind of like I, I have a nostalgia for not the 80s, but <laughs> 1985. You know, like that's weird. Like that's not. I don't really consider that to be yeah. like every game can you know create that's set in the now creates a nostalgia for what it is then. Yeah. You know, I guess any game that has cultural artifacts in it. But, yeah. You know. Hmm, yeah. I'd just be interested to see what that is. I'm, you know, seeing some of the mainstays like NWA and stuff, and I'd be down for listening to some NWA while I play that. But yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I ever, if I ever end up playing it, then, you know, that that's probably a station that'll be on heavy rotation. Yeah. Uh, like West Coast, you know, West Coast rap, mm-hmm. West Coast rap. West Coast the, uh, rap. <laughs> yeah. West Coast. Um, I like, I like, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, yeah. What's a God? I spoiled that joke because I get West Point. I like yeah. West, West Point rap. West Point. The, uh, the, uh, it's, just, um, it's just chance that people shout when they're when when they're running. Yeah, exactly. Or just you know, Marine themed rap. Oh yeah. The um, but yeah, I'm kind of interested in picking next time. It's like two dollars picking up four on PC because of modding. Yeah. I you know I I really disliked four, but the uh, the I've seen some mods that are really interesting. I've seen like an Iron Man mod, which looks yeah, really fun. That looks great. Some like uh, some WAF Steam Group person showed that to me, mm-hmm. um, and I, I forget the name, so I apologize if this ends up making it onto anything. Um, I forgot, you know, I just don't have it in front of me. But the um, yeah, he uh, uh, showed that to me. And it sounds awesome. Like yeah. and I watched a bunch of videos of it, and it's great. It's mm-hmm. like it's uh, and I don't want to go and just create ca- catastrophe in the city. Like I'm, I'm bored by that now. Yeah. I just want to create, do the missions as Iron Man. Like, it's really funny to me, the idea of being like driving people to places and I, as Iron Man, or just like, you know, I need to go stop some crime and I just fly there as Iron Man and then, you know, shoot the, shoot gangsters mm-hmm. with like pulsar white rifles and stuff. Yeah. Like it would be awesome to play a superhero open world game where you're Spider-Man before uncle Ben dies. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, and then and then have that. Yeah, it would be awesome too. And then especially if it like if it part of it happened, like more games need to be like bifurcated mm-hmm. like that. Like that would be really interesting. And it didn't turn into like a hero narrative. It was all like 
you have the context of being a normal person mm-hmm. for a significant amount, you know, yeah. of the game. Like, it could be all Grand Theft Auto-y. You know, people enjoy, like, driving around. Mm-hmm. So you would be doing that. And then, like, eventually, though, you'd become Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the one of the GTA protagonists finds, like, an abandoned Iron Man suit. <laughs> like that, that, if I ever get that mod, that's my narrative in the game. You're, you're describing Crisis Two. Am I? <laughs> I feel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nico, yeah, Nico comes over and just finds. Uh, good job, Nico. <laughs> in America, everyone has an Iron Man suit. <laughs> it's yeah. it's one of the defining. Yeah, it's one part of the American dream. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, let's see here. I'm just uh, right now. I'm just looking at the uh, looking at the soundtrack list. Yeah. I finished, um, it's kind of weird too, like speaking of Grand Theft Auto, cause like that's in the, everyone's talking about it. And then I finished Extra Lives today. Mm-hmm. And the last chapter is that weird cocaine confessional about Grand Theft Auto 4, mm-hmm. which made like comes out of nowhere. Like yeah. all the coke stuff. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> like it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, uh, I, I liked it. I, I, I dug it as part of like, you know, personal narrative as relates to games, but it's, it's weird though. Cause it has so little, like it feels, it felt very out of place. Hmm me like it's a fine essay but the rest of you know he wasn't tying in specific parts of his life with any frequency yeah before that like it was more critical and less you know uh personal yeah up until that point yeah. but and he had a, he had a 100 like different and he and it's weird i like he's really the thing i like about that book is that guy is kind of a shithead in a lot of opinions and things he says mm-hmm. but he's culpable to them immediately yeah you know, like, I feel like he's aware of the fact that he's a shithead. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, yeah, I had this, like, intense bonding thing with this, but it was just, it was probably just cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was on all this, co- it's, like, very matter of fact in yeah. the way he explains the things that, like, if he had left any information out, I would be like, this guy's an asshole, and he just hopped up on coke. But he's just yeah. like, nope, you know, I was on coke, and that's why this character, this scene in Grand Theft Auto 4 made me cry, mm-hmm. you know, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's and, you know, kind of like, uh, I guess I relate to that because I think, like, huh, how many things in my life did I tolerate more of because I was going through a, a really depressive state at that point? You know? Yeah. 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 Well, the, the chemical introduction is interesting, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more like me on Coke is not a direct, directly analogous to, like, well, yeah. being depressed. Like, that's a real different thing. Mm-hmm. But, but, but it's still, like, you, your, your life set against this thing and you know just seeing seeing how the seeing how the two compare i'm not saying it's significant or even you know notable or whatever just to me it's it's just interesting because of yeah 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 uh man there's like nothing here that i see that i like in this oh in the soundtrack yeah in the soundtrack yeah, it's, it's a real snoozer. It's like way more bands I've never heard of before. So, but but like I, I don't understand how Aphex Twin is put on the same station as Hall and Oates. Yeah, yeah, that's really <laughs> it's really weird too. Like it's yeah, it's it's a really odd decision. Yeah. And the soundtrack stuff has been notably absent from like the conversation I've seen. Yeah, you no, know, probably because people are concentrating on you know sexism and. The, the ridiculous, you know, I can't believe you gave this a nine nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the, yeah, so, I haven't seen very many people. So, go it's, a, so it's a nine for women, but me, but, but, but dudes, bros, we can be a 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. I hate, I'm, I'm having such a bad day. I hate everyone. <laughs> I fucking hate everyone. Cole. Yeah. No, I, I feel, uh, I feel, yeah. Ugh. I feel, don't worry. 
And just like I and like everything about today is designed to make me angry. Like I recorded the um, pilot season with the PAX responses, which made me mad. Like I was less charitable to those people than I would ordinarily be. Right. And just you know, ugh. Mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. No. Will I, suck. They do. Yeah. I've been the, 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 the gamers text thread is is uh, uh, like I, I've read every post in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's been especially <laughs> just awful these past two days. It's not even even without the sexism angle. Mm-hmm. It's still awful. Yep. Like it's still it's still dumb to think that to take it personally that someone doesn't like a thing that you like. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is it's it's so did like did you read the GameStop editorial about it? Uh, no. I, or not GameStop. I'm sorry, Gamasutra. So it couldn't be more different. The the, <laughs> Gama, the Gamasutra guy, like the editor in chief of Gamasutra, wrote a thing about <clears throat> just kind of the cult like mentality of game players and and. Yeah. You know how it beca- ceases to become an actual product of art and just becomes this like product in and of itself that mm-hmm. has these expectations attached to it, and yeah, it's well, so stupid. These expectations and like the people's identity wrapped up into yeah. it. I need you to validate me spending time on this or being excited about it. So if you give it yeah. anything less than a stellar, this is you directly criticizing me because I identify yeah. with this piece of art so much. So not a piece dumb. of art, but like just you know this product, right. right? Yeah, just just like what you fucking like, yeah, and you know dislike, just be your own goddamn autonomous person, you idiots. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like ah, like, uh. <laughs> I you know just a little bit earlier today, I drank a, I drank a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. It was a tasty beer. I'm sure there are plenty of people who <laughs> think it's yeah, not I, a good beer, but uh, yeah, you're you're right. Like what you like, and no one, no one, you're not gonna cry about it not being beer of the year. Right. <laughs> like 2013, you know, yeah. the, I mean, it's not, it's not even, yeah, like it's, it's, it's not analogous. I know that that's yeah. a, that's a false comparison, but, but it, no, it is, it is true. Like don't, don't identify yourself with stuff that you like in that, in that yeah. way. Like, I mean, even in a lot of ways you shouldn't do that. Like that's you're closing yourself off to so much because like when you start doing that, you're automatically identifying other people by what they like. Mm-hmm. And like to a degree you can you can handle that but i feel like the uh or to agree to agree that makes sense however it should be like a weak force in your your worldview yeah not enough to make you you know you know send death threats to anyone yeah like you're you're in yeah the forces that make up what you do that should be the weakest possible thing is like mm -hmm. judging what people like and what you like it's a minor heuristic that at most should determine whether or not you talk to this person about this thing about like, the specific thing. Yeah. Not, like, not even about, like, not talk to this person in general. Yeah, yeah, about the specific thing. I, I guess that's what I mean. Like, yeah. at work, there are people I talk with, you know, you know, I talk to them about Breaking Bad. There are people that I talk to, you know, talk about video games with. Like, like yes, that is this weird, like, sorting heuristic, but that doesn't apply to anything more than, like, oh, it'd be, I'd, I'd bore this person if I talked to them about amnesia or whatever, right? Right. Right, because yeah, they they don't yeah exactly, and the the stupid and then like it's so many layers of stupidity because it's like, it's not even just that it's not that these people don't like the game, right? You know, it's not even that they think it's bad. It's just this weird, not good enough, yeah, sense that I just hyperbolically like, I I just want to like shake these people and be like, we all like everyone loved Grand Theft Auto Four too. Yeah, wait a fucking like let it age a couple months in your brain before you do this you know like i just i haven't seen anything about it and i haven't played it but i haven't seen anything about it that has made me think it is going to be leaps and bounds above to the degree that it's getting credit for mm-hmm. like it very well could be a better game mm-hmm. like and and but 
just it's this weird you know even in the you know the critic community and the fan community of like jizzing in their pants over this marketing homunculus <laughs> before like any kind of sense of you know like give it a minute mm-hmm. you know let it sit with let it rest with you for a little bit yeah like you know maybe it'll maybe it'll be great maybe it'll turn out to be fucking like like a lot of the reviews i've read too like are weirdly apologetic about two-thirds of the game like mm-hmm. people like the psychopath character and they think the other two are pretty boring <laughs> okay. like i read that a lot like they're just like oh this character is good because he, this is what you do in a grand theft auto game mm-hmm. you know so this makes sense this is really cool the other two so, are really stock right. you know grand theft auto protagonists like i've read that multiple times like if a game has two thirds of it, you have to apologize for like, you know, maybe wait a second before you ten out of ten it, and mm-hmm. you know, declare it to be the greatest piece of art yeah. that's come out this year. Like, stop saying Oscar worthy. <laughs> like it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I guarantee you. And, and there and there's there's any number there's any number of like factors that go into that that you know it makes no sense to even bemoan them. You know, just the idea that every publication needs to have a review a review out as soon as the embargo is lifted, or else they lose you know tens of thousands of dollars in ad revenue right. or whatever. Like, you yeah, know. it's a it's a it is a compromised medium. Right, right. In so many ways, and it is so people who complain about the lack of, you know, good video game criticism, you know, need to take into account the way that the system is set up to deny it. Yeah. You know, it is not built for it. Mm-hmm. Like we, we spent years ensuring this, this won't happen, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, you know to, to, just by looking at the kind of things, you know, that we support. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And just, it's just been a bummer to see like, just it, it get wrapped up, you know, it bring out all of the people, you know, who are just politically opposed to anything that I feel is, you know. Yeah, good I, right, I have you know. a prediction yeah. um, about that is that's how things are now because people <laughs> yeah. are people are vocal now in a way. So that is a it is a backlash like mm-hmm. the people, the men's rights people who complain about this game. They wouldn't have done it if there weren't people pointing out the. this is actually a good thing, like because mm-hmm. they would not have done it if they, people weren't pointing out the kind of troubling mm-hmm. aspects of this. And now a lot of people are interested in pointing those out. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that's going to go away. So every game now is going to have this, like (laughs) somebody is going to write, I feel like some kind of criticism of it from Mm -hmm. a, you know, from a a feminist perspective or, you know, a a perspective that these people aren't going to like. Being conscious of gender politics. Yeah, being conscious. Yeah. yeah. And eventually that's going to spread to other kinds of things. Like people are going to start like looking at violence Mm -hmm. about this stuff and maybe we shouldn't take it so lightly. And I mean, I guess people have been doing that a long time, but intelligent people like non, you know, Liebermans are going to start doing it. And it's just going to keep happening. Like if it's going to be a medium, it's going to be under more scrutiny. Mm -hmm. So every single game that comes out, Cole, you have (laughs) to look forward to a backlash of people. Yeah. You know, complaining about women for the rest of your life. Yep, that is going to happen. <laughs> Which until we're dead, as a symptom, as, you know, struggle as a symptom of progress. I I, I completely grasp that. Yeah. How, however, it's just it's it's so irritating to me to see um, somebody make a perfectly reasonable argument saying something even as innocuous as, "Hey, it might be really cool to see a Grand Theft Auto game with a female protagonist." Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, just like, like, just like that, that, that is an innocuous statement that is like a, Hey, what if, and then to yeah. have that shouted down by people yeah. making, you know, 
terrible arguments like, well, they don't make a female, they, they don't make a game with a female protagonist because they want to make money and games with female protagonists don't sell and blah, blah, blah. You know, girls don't play games, fake gamer girls. They put me in the friend zone. You know, they go to the cons and they dress up all provocatively. But when I put my stinky armpit on her to take a picture, she's all like, ew. And she goes back to her boyfriend or whatever, like a total alpha, like seeing yeah. that, like, like, like it's not, it's not the fact that the conversation is raised. It's that one side of the conversation, you know, they're, they're shitheads everywhere but one side of it is so unanimously yeah there's no there's no argument to not having a female protagonist in a grand theft auto game yeah there's literally zero argument like even the sales argument Mm -hmm. is so coldly dismissive like Mm -hmm. it it posits a world in which games cannot be an expressive medium yeah you know like if 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 that was actually true it assumes the worst about this hobby Mm -hmm. that you have which you know at at, like at, at that point it like you might as well talk about like a car or a piece of consumer electronics. Right. You know, which, yeah. And, and, and there are people who think that's what this should be, you know, Mm -hmm. that these are, you know, it's, it's, it's it's what it is 85% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still like, it, it's never going to change if you don't call it out when it's not doing that. True. And like people who want that, Mm -hmm. like let them, let them speak, man. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's just, you know, Yeah. yeah. And again, like I try not to get so like this is not a game for me, so I right. try. I shouldn't get that worked up over it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. It's stupid, and I, I'm just noticing it's stupid the same way that you know, like <clears throat> it's worth pointing out when something stupid happens. Yeah. Like oh, the well, dog didn't realize the doggy door was down and yeah. ran well, into it. You what an idiot! Like that's how I'm thinking of it. You don't see the cracks in the dam until a storm. You know. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the, this huge media and marketing event that is surrounding the release of this game is bringing the worst elements to the fore. And like, it is a wonderful snapshot of where everything is at, at this, yeah. you know, kind of like hallmark moment. Grand Theft, like the release of a Grand Theft Auto, even more than like a Call of Duty, which is this annualized thing. It's like, oh, the more shoot, more shoot mans or whatever. Right. You know, every five years you get a Grand Theft Auto and you know, the the world and the industry and the state of the discourse is so different now than it was in 2008. Right. You know? Right, right, right. You yeah. yeah. And like all the, and the advances <clears throat> in the game, like, again, like having not played it, but I've read a bunch about it because mm-hmm. I'm interested in this stuff. Like, yeah. it's just so, fr- and it, it has to do with development cycles, but it's so frustrating that the advancements have nothing to do with, like no way in which I want to see the series grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it feels like they patched over some things I hated, but didn't add anything that I was really gonna like. Right. You know, like maybe like like the best case scenario for this when like eventually I get it because I'll get you know tempted into to playing it, mm-hmm. um, is that like it won't do the annoying things that four did. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like that's super sad. Like it's so I mean it's a trite observation that the mm-hmm. the industry is conservative, but. Budgets are a fucking problem, man. Yep. Like the fact that there's no incentive to risk, create, you know, to take risks. Yeah, that's that's a that's that is what is killing art. That is stagnating everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything is at equilibrium because we have this democracy of everyone being able to do it, mm-hmm. and then simultaneously, you know, the the biggest voices in the room not being able to like they're both rising mm-hmm. at the same level. Yeah, tide of mediocre meritocracy, and, mediocracy, <laughs> mediocracy. Yes, they're they're yeah. they're, they're they're related. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not generally opposed. I think that you can make a better game, a better sequel, like, you know, subtractively. 
I think that just kind of like, oh, there were things that I that, that I liked about four, but you know, they I was distracted by this other shit. If they take away the other shit and they leave you with a proportionately higher version of that, just kind of like, oh, okay, this grew by actually like going in and taking away some of the cruft. I yeah, can, it's, I can uh, see yeah, that. I yes, it's a waste. It's a waste of opportunity. Like, oh, we could have taken this in a bunch of weird directions. But uh, you know, if if they are if they are proceeding by showing restraint, that is, you know. I no, I agree. It, it'll yeah. make a better. It makes a better product, mm-hmm. you know. But it it's a wasted opportunity. I guess is my point. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not. It's not making. It's not doing anything for for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another entertaining thing to sink hours into. Yeah. Yeah. Like to have something to say, and like, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that's frustrating to me about Grand Theft Auto in specific oh, is that oh, like it's, it's a satire, man. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, have these people like read satire? Like, I, I <laughs> it is not like it's so like, and even again, like going back to that book, the guy's talking about like he, I could. There was a part in that chapter where I honestly couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic mm-hmm. because he's talking about he's like he thinks it's like the height of satire, and he's never he hasn't just been sarcastic at any point in the book. Mm-hmm. Up that point, but he literally like the examples he cites is like a cop saying to another cop, "Like I sure do love to beat suspects," mm-hmm. or something like that. Like that's not really satire. It's a caricature. Yeah, it's just, it's just somebody saying the opposite of what they would do mm-hmm. or what they should do. Yeah, you know, there's no there's no subtlety to it. There's no there's no nothing. You know, not everything can be Vonnegut or Heller or whatever, but. No, but there's a wide gulf between just like <laughs> yeah, like 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 call it what it actually is. Like just having it's it's like South Park. It's just having mm-hmm. everyone be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is stupid, and we're not because we're a rock star. And yeah. you know, it's it's very like everything about that series is really mm-hmm. frustrating to me. Like, yeah, uh, I, I'm not opposed to you know puerile humor. That's fine. I can be okay with it. But it, when there when there appears to be a mass hysteria about what this thing is it, when it objectively isn't, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Don't elevate it. Don't call it something it's not. Yeah. Because it is not. It is not cinematic quality. Like, it is not, you know, high art. This is not as good as a novel. Like, I have not played, you know, a Grand Theft Auto game, having played four of them, mm-hmm. that approaches anything more than, like, a pretty shitty novel. You know, like, a, yeah. it has a decent, like, four has a decent, like, emotional arc. The other ones are kind of fun pulp, like Scarfaces. Yeah. I mean, they're essentially, they are Scarface. Mm-hmm. Just over and over. So, like, that, and yeah. I like Scarface. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You yeah. know? But it's not... You know, this weird, like, Oscar-worthy, like, you know, this is a, a this should win awards. This should, could, could stand, head, you know, toe-to-toe with any movie. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, it really couldn't. It can stand toe-to-toe with a couple of specific movies. Yeah. With, pretty, with a couple you know, of specific movies that it cribs heavily from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Like, yeah, that are, that are, that are in some way, you know, that are, that are, you know, pretty good. Like, the best moments of it can compare to a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. You know? I just, ugh. Yeah. Uh, and I've just I've had my head in like this indie space so much because I've been you know went on this binge I've been playing Amnesia and Papers Please and Brothers and like mm-hmm. it's just such a gulf of difference mm-hmm. in like aspiration like the conversation about them and then like what they're aspiring to do you know and just it's just it's crazy to me mm-hmm. it is so like hot and cold yeah yeah I, I you know I think that this is going to be a very bleak year for anything approaching AAA. You know. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, there's. I mean, it's. It's been. This has been true of me for a long time. But before, you know, there's Bio, Dishonored and then Bioshock Infinite, mm-hmm. and then now there's nothing I'm interested in for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. You know that that actually has a release date. Right. I guess Dark Souls too, <laughs> which you know is is triple A ish, but that's right. a pretty niche product. Yeah. That's not a Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah. 
I'm probably going to buy Grand Theft Auto. Maybe, you know, like everything is on hold until after PRGE. Like, uh, yeah. you know, there's just so much I have to take care of before then, et cetera, like, like everything is. So maybe yeah. after that as, you know, like a, you know, Dessert aperitif. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also yeah. my word of the day was aperitif. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you say that during the level as well? No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> like a word of the day calendar. Just, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a yeah. It's just a, it's it like again the one reason I shouldn't be frustrated because those aren't really for me. Like I am not a mm-hmm. hardcore gamer in that respect. So right. let let the let them have their fun. Mm-hmm. But I just wish they weren't loud assholes about having their fun. Yep, it'll be give it give it like three weeks I think, and then and and then the uh, the the worm will turn. Yeah, and uh, you know the. The, 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 it'll settle into the nice, the nice comfortable place where Grand Theft Auto Four is at, where it's kind of like, eh, okay. I yeah, I'd be very like I'm very would be very interested in like any kind of critical drop off that happens from this because mm-hmm. it's just like if it does and it's the the same way that it did with Four, like I will be. It's frustrating to me that these same people are not kind of learning a lesson yep. about this. Like I mean, and they're human; they can be they're as susceptible to shiny objects and you know lens flare as anyone else, but. Mm-hmm. You know, just that kind of like self-awareness that maybe I should take this with a grain of salt because, yeah, you know, this is what this this, this game is a shock trooper. You mm-hmm. know, it is meant to hit the ground, make a really good first impression, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that's kind of the extent of it. I mean, I'm I, I would be terrified to say something critical about it right now, which would make me terrible at doing that job. Yeah, of like you know, if you, you the fact that nine point you know a, a nine point five score is being labeled as clickbait. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah. The, what is it? The um, one of the guys, um, somebody retweeted a thing. One of the, the their review code was taken away because Rockstar learned that they had given a prior game an eight point five. What? Yeah, and these are the guys who made like I mean they're Rockstar, so mm-hmm. they they made some real shit games, yeah. you know, in the past. Like that's not all gold. Like, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, some somebody didn't like Manhunt. Yeah. You know, and just <laughs> Yep. I, I yeah. don't know. Like like we've come a we've come a shockingly small way from I'm sorry. I've I'm so fucked tonight. Just tired. Yeah. Um, we, we we've not come very far since like the whole Kanan Lynch game spot yeah. Jeff Gersman thing, you know. Yeah. Like, like different different companies have that power, mm-hmm. but it's that we haven't done anything to eliminate that kind of power. Yeah, uh, like uh, man, EGM gave Assassin's Creed one like uh, like 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 one of the reviewers gave it a six or something, mm-hmm. and Ubisoft stopped sending them games. Yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> it's like, why do we accept that? Yeah, yeah. I That's, mean, yeah, I, I'm as guilty. I've, I've not stopped buying games from Ubisoft. You, you know, like. I don't. I don't oppose them on principle, but yeah, that's just yeah. weird that that happens. Like there were lawsuits about that kind of stuff in the in the '60s and radio, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, it's just because of this weird line of something that's like half a product and half an art form. You know, that's the kind of thing you could do with a car mm-hmm. car review. Yeah, you know, magazine. But yeah, and it's just as somebody like I have no. I'm not, I don't have a foot in both camps. Like I, I am 100% on board for wanting this to be a better medium and mm-hmm. wanting it to be closer to art yep. and do that more often. Like I have no ambivalence about that. There's no part of me that wants this to stay like a popcorn dumb thing. Mm-hmm. As I get older, like that has so that, like, you know, little appeal to me that like, I don't know, <clears throat> like even like, you know, popcorn dumbness, like 
you know, I can play a Kirby Superstar for my popcorn dumbness. Mm-hmm. And it's great popcorn. Yeah. Wonderful popcorn. Yeah, that it is. I need to, yep. I need to finish Milky Way Wishes, which sounds like, this sounds terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's such a, it, it sounds gross to me. Milky Way Wishes? Yeah. Yeah. Stop. 